Bonito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Uh, uh, Ginger is here. Oh, fuck, we don't have a, I don't have a clip pulled for him. I'll just throw something random in. Pussy. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. It's Taz! Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, unintentionally offensive wrestling podcast. We are on the opposite side of 400 episodes, and because of that, I can't do this alone because it makes me sad inside when I have to. So joining me this week, Sal is here. What's up, Troy? How we doing? Uh, You will notice that I introduced Sal before I introduced Jason. Jason is off uh, shaving an inch off of his dick because it kept hitting his sneakers. But it is not just me and Sal tonight because also joining us, the only man with a bigger beard than me on the show, Ginger is here. Yeah, he passed that inch on to me. I needed it. But uh, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got uh, we've got a decent show for you. Uh, a lot of shit going on. We've got a pay-per-view tomorrow to talk about as well. Uh, but before we get into that... We need to talk about some dudes. So, uh, Penis. we had yet another week of the hottest male talent tournament, and we have some results for you. Uh, now, you can go over right now to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Uh, ooh, that's not good. That did not update. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> My tablet has started doing this thing now where it doesn't, like, show me the fucking newest versions of shit. So I have to, like, restart it. Hold on a second. Let me grab my phone instead. This will be better. Alright. While Troy finds his phone, if you join us on YouTube, slide over to the chat box, type in your opinions, and we'll read them on the air. Assuming one of us has the chat open. Well, it appears that, uh, my file didn't save like I was supposed to. Thankfully, I know who won. I just won't be able to give you the totals. So, <laughs> uh, I will have to go ahead and give the totals next week. Uh, so, so, I apologize about that. But, I can, like I said, go ahead and give you the winners. And then you can go over to rundownwrestling.com and you can vote on week four, the last eight matchups in week one. Uh, side note, I might have fucked up last night and called it rundownwrestlingnetwork.com. I, uh, forgive me, it is actually just rundownwrestling.com. I wanted to clear that up. Okay. Didn't want to plug someone else's shit. I don't believe there is another... If there, I don't know if there is a rundownwrestlingnetwork.com. If there is, I'm going to sue them. All right, 
So we had... Come on. Don't be a fucking twat. All right. That's a different show. Don't be a Bella. Don't be a Bella. <laughs> so we had Ricochet versus Bray Wyatt. Sorry, Bray. <laughs> uh, Ginger, who you got those two? Um, I yeah, I'm, I gotta go Ricochet on that one. Right. Is it because you've seen his dick? I haven't seen his dick. Well, you probably should come back on the rundown. <laughs> Sal, <laughs> he's my one and only. I'm going Ricochet. Right. Aww. Uh, the winner of this one, Ricochet. Uh, so who will be facing Ricochet in the second round? Will it be Cesaro or Jeff Hardy? It's an interesting one, right? Sale. Oh, man, it's... Uh, the Swiss Superman. Right. Ginger? Jeff. All right. Well, Jeff has beat a lot of things. He's beat addiction. Uh, he's beaten his brother. But he came up a little short against Cesaro. That brings us to Humberto Carrillo versus or, Matt Hardy. Yes. Or Dimple Island, as Dimple. Aiden English calls him on yeah. 205 Live. The ginger who you got between them two. Uh, I'd, go, I'd go Matt. All right. So? Uh, Humberto Carrillo, man. He's the new heartthrob. And it's going to be a double knockout for the Hardys. Humberto Carrillo moves on. Then, this was back in, like, when the Hardys started. That would have been a totally different story. You're telling well, me. yeah, because Humberto Carrillo would have been, like, four years old. Oh, <laughs> stop it. We would, have, we would have had some issues if... Uh, <laughs> uh, been shut down. That takes us over to Chad Gable versus Sheamus. Who the uh, fuck's Chad Gable? Uh, he's Didn't that he used to wrestle for the company. He's that guy who's got Spanky's haircut now. Uh, oh, Ginger here. <laughs> oh, well, I gotta stick with the gingers. OGN for life, baby. <laughs> Sal, ah, uh, who's hotter, Chad Gable or Sheamus? Sheamus. Moving on in an upset, Sheamus advances on to face Umbrio. That takes us to a matchup of the Gingers. Sami Zayn versus Kurt Hawkins. Sal, who you got? Hmm. There's something really shady looking about Kurt Hawkins, so I'm going to go Sami Zayn. Ginger. I'm going Sami. He can speak different languages, and he can like <laughs> speak softly. And, you know. <laughs> and you can ask him about AEW. Uh, and <laughs> he... We'll be moving on to the next round. That takes us to Buddy Murphy versus Harper. Ginger. Oh, God, Buddy. Those two, that that's a hell of a matchup right there, because you're not winning regardless. Yeah. <clears throat> Sal. Buddy. All right. Buddy Murphy does, in fact, move on. Uh, if I remember this one correctly, uh, Harper got, like, point. 2% higher percentage than Samoa Joe did in his matchup, so... Tail! Oh, <laughs> so, not the worst, but still not good. Uh, that takes us to Curtis Axel and Apollo Crews, Battle of the Jobbers. Uh, Sal, who you got? Um, I, 
gotta go Curtis Axel. Alright, Ginger? Oh yeah, I'm going with a piece of perfection, so to speak. Curtis mm-hmm. Axel. That's right. Chip off the old knob. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the second round. Apollo Crews. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then our last matchup of the week was The Miz versus Heath Slater. Oh, come on. <laughs> are, are we all in agreement that it's The Miz? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Miz moves on to take on a <laughs> Uh, so the the nice thing about this, so we had we had kind of a, a an interesting thing happen with the, the ladies tournament that a lot of the uh, women of color had a little bit of an issue moving on out of the opening gates, and I just uh, just want to go back and 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 look. So far, right? we still have the the rest of this week here, but we had. Um, well, the, our first two matchups were Samoan versus Samoan, so it doesn't really count. But um, and John Cena wound up taking out, um, you know, a, a Mexican guy. But uh, Xavier Woods took out Pro, oh, Primo. Uh, Lashley took out Cedric. I mean, one of them had to win. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, we, I mean, we've had a, had a couple of you know men of color getting taken out on this by white people. But this branch specifically, you had Ricochet, uh, Humberto Carrillo. They both took out white dudes, um, and Apollo Crews took out a lot of white dudes. So the, the the women and and men who are voting in this tournament definitely more more willing to vote uh, regardless of color, uh, just by pure hotness. Uh, so that takes us to our last eight matchups in the first round: Ugh. Finn Balor versus Kurt Angle. <laughs> now, uh, now, granted, if it was Angle from '96, maybe it's a little bit more of a matchup at that point. Maybe, but it's still not. <laughs> uh, in, in an interesting coincidence, Adolf Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, AJ Styles versus Batista and his giant dick. Carl uh, Anderson versus Epico. Dean Ambrose versus Scott Dawson. Yes, Dean still in the tournament. Uh, Andrade versus Brian Kendrick, Zack Ryder versus Drew Gulak, and Fandango versus Leo Rush. Uh, so again, go over to rundownwrestling.com and check out and vote right there. Uh, so we're going to move on to a very quick uh, recap of NXT TakeOver 25, and by that I mean just our predictions. Um, so myself, Ginger, and Adam all picked Matt Riddle to go over Roderick Strong. I was the sole person to choose the Street Profits as your new NXT Tag Champions. My oh, yeah, speaking of which. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> it is out. It is not, not visible on the camera. Wasn't that, wasn't that the catch? I will shove it in the camera if we drop it to me. <laughs> hey, you know what? I appreciate it. Don't get us thrown off, the, right. off YouTube, so... I just uh, just love how everyone was. They're not gonna win. It's gonna be undisputed era. Oh, but, yeah. so we've had essentially two recaps of NXT Takeover, and nobody has really talked about the fact that only one member of the undisputed era actually won anything on this. Like, the rest of them all lost. No, I I brought it up on revisited that you couldn't have the other guys come out there because they'd come out there like the you know the injured like yeah, the injured reserve team. Yeah. Um. Adam and myself chose Velveteen Dream to go over Tyler Breeze. Uh, Sal and Jason both chose Shayna Baszler to go over Io Shirai. 
Um, and all of us except for Ginger chose Adam Cole, baby, as your new NXT champion. That makes it uh, Ginger with one correct. <laughs> Sam and Jason with two, Adam with three, and me with four, baby. Uh, so, some amount of adding those numbers together brings you... And we start with reminding everybody that Brock Lesnar's a dick. Uh, so, Brock Lesnar, it was announced late last week that he was going to be cashing in on Monday. So, of course, all of us were like, he's not cashing in on Monday. <laughs> uh, so, Lesnar, Lesnar came out, uh, you know, proceeded to do his normal sort of bullshit shenanigans and stuff like that. I noticed that for whatever reason, they reverted his briefcase back to the original one. It was not the boombox one, which I didn't understand because he was still doing the boombox dancing with it. Um, and why? Why do that? Like, <laughs> get those speakers off that briefcase! <laughs> like you, like you commissioned that. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, why you, why use it one time and then just be like, nah, fuck it. Get the old. They used it for the t-shirt, and then once the t-shirt stopped selling, which took about four days, they were like, all right, that's enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we had um, Seth, at the end of the night, um, proceeded to get the... Uh, he he beat... Was it, it was big against Baron Corbin, right? Yes. Yeah, he beat Baron Corbin. Uh, then Brock's music hit 37 times during the main event. <laughs> he finally came out, proceeded to bend a steel folding chair over Seth's back, cutting him open and bleeding and making his shoulder bleed. Um, and then telling, and then instead of just pinning him right there, which he clearly would have won, he decided to tell uh, Paul Heyman, Friday! 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 So, you know what he's going to say on He's gonna say, I got yeah. a year. Yeah. I got a year. Screw you. <sighs> so Ginger, uh, take us through your emotions with with the Brock Lesnar troll. I mean, I, I like it, but then again, there's some points that it's like, come on, how how much can you really do this? But I mean, they haven't really done this much teasing like consecutively so i think they were kind of shooting for something new on this um like i said i don't mind it um because then it almost gives you where he's repeatedly coming out every week saying he's going to cash in but he doesn't and then the shocker is going to be when he actually does cash in if that is friday or not i mean i hope it's not in jetta but the way things are right now, it's probably going to happen. But as overall, I kind of like it. Oh, yeah. fuck that. The Jedi don't deserve this title. The Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> Alright. I'm, I'm very split on this thing with Brock Lesnar because on the one hand, as much as I don't agree with the presentation, it's building some sympathy for Seth. If Seth walks into Saudi Arabia and walks out the Universal Champion and Brock actually cashes in, this makes Seth look like a million bucks. And that's what and that's kinda what this whole point was, is that, you know, Brock got a lot of heat on Seth, put him in the fucking hospital, but it's been announced today Seth will be in Saudi Arabia. He's medically cleared, so 
he's gonna fight and if that's the character that they go with with seth where you know he's a guy who, who overcomes all odds good with it you got to build up your universal champion somehow on the other hand the whole brock watch from the minute the raw broadcast started was just so fucking retarded and like you said we all knew he wasn't cashing in tonight so to waste two hours of the show to be like, oh, Brock, watch. What's he doing now? Oh, he's taking a piss. Oh, Paul Heyman's holding it for him. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> that, that part was awful to me. Yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, towards the end of The Perfect Time, but that that is definitely indicative of, of the issue right now that we're having. Um, not even just with Raw, honestly. SmackDown is also having a lot of timing issues. Um, a lot of a lot more time devoted to certain segments than needs to be, which of course makes it that other segments or other storylines either are non-existent or don't get the time that they do, that they need or deserve. Um, but I would say, you know, obviously we'll find out tomorrow if in fact Brock is going to cash in. One would think, um, given the fact how much the, the Saudi Arabians apparently love this fucking guy, that that would be the case, the, the, place that you would cash in um if it winds up not being then becomes a complete fucking guess on when it's going to happen because obviously um the cash in is not going to be a full-on match you know it's 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 going to be brock beating the shit out of seth other than pinning him so you can do that on a raw you can do that on a random small pay-per-view and then you can book it up for SummerSlam for whoever's going to be his opponent. Um, or you have him cash in at SummerSlam, which is always a possibility, too. So it makes it... I think if if, if we come out of Friday and, and Seth is still a champion, I think that's much more interesting. But I can also mm-hmm. understand the other way on why they would do it, obviously. Or what if Brock doesn't cash in on Seth, he cashes in on Corbin? Is Corbin still booked for the title match? Right. Yeah. I mean, you could you could do that to give Corbin that rub of he's a, a former world champion, even if it is a shorter than Kane's run. Oh um, my god! The um, internet's heads will explode if that. But then happens. they won't be so. But then they won't be so mad that Brock's the new Universal Champ again. You know what I mean? Because he took it off of Corbin instead of Rollins. There's so many back and forths with that, though. Yeah. Oh no, I know. I think it's. I think it's. It would be much more likely and and a much bigger heel move if he cashes in on Kofi. But uh, oh, we'll you know what? <laughs> Matt, think about that. He's been going at Rollins for the past few weeks, and then he just shows up after the Dolph match. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty huge. I mean, not only do you have it then, where heading in to October, you've got Seth or you've got Brock over on SmackDown, oh, which SmackDown Fox, Fox, which yep. works once, um, but then you also have. You know, where you can still have Raw, your flagship show, essentially have its champion every week. And and you don't have to subject people to sustained runs of nobody on there. Plus, you've got the IC championship over on SmackDown now, which was supposed to be the big championship whenever Brock wasn't around. So you still have that over there too so to me it's and also they've thrown in they've yeah. thrown in the towel on creative with smackdown anyway so you might as well just do nothing with the <sighs> world title until october well it very much it very much feels like um they're just treading water until those deals come through yeah uh, because a lot of the storylines and booking and stuff like that haven't really felt you know at I don't know if it's if it's because they're at this constant fight with the networks on what they want, or if it is, you know, because it seems like this is 
it hasn't been this bad in a long time. You know, it's been bad at ports, but this kind of sustained run of just sloppy, you know, booking and sloppy writing stuff like that. It feels like something had to have happened for this, and and it can't just be that Road Dog fucking quit the main show. You know, no, it's really frustrating watching it week after week. Yeah, my 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 only thing. So there's there's two options. I think we all know they're going to pick it up come October 1st when the, when the show debuts on Fox. Um, and then, obviously, they're going to have to pick it up on USA, too, because USA is going to want, you know, a, a mirrored image of success. Or, as soon as they get done with Saudi Arabia and they start actually putting focus into Stomping Ground and Extreme Rules, which happens in July, then maybe we do start building storylines. We are just a couple months out from SummerSlam. They're usually their second biggest show of the year. I can definitely see maybe that they are treading water until we get to that build. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> but how how bad can you let it get? You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like th- this is like for this is this is fucking bad. Yeah. True, but this is typical when uh, post mania. Yeah, you know but I mean? no, but it's not this bad. Like this has been fucking awful. I mean, post-mania is normally when we get, uh, you know, kind of our surprise champions or our, like, let's let's stick the tip in on champions and see how they how people react. You know, that's where we had Ginger for a while and shit like that and Shane yep. Swagger and guys like that. You know, and right now, I mean, you know, Kofi had it, you know, at Mania. And it's like, okay, well, I, that makes sense, you know, storyline-wise and stuff like that. It makes sense timing-wise and everything like that. But Seth is supposed to be your big guy and... Yeah, you know, I don't know if we're you know, I I just I just don't know at this point, right? Um, but like I said, we'll see we'll see what happens tomorrow, um, and we'll talk about it next week. Uh, so moving on, let's talk about the twenty four seven championship. Um, so over on Raw, we had um, it was pretty non existent for almost the entire program. Uh, until we got to the Cesaro and uh, Ricochet match. And um, we don't have that match to talk about on our Perfect Ten here, but again, another just great performance of these two guys. Um, but at, at the end of the match, Cesaro was very upset with the fact that Ricochet has two wins to his one, proceeded to first look like he was going to grab a ladder, uh, decided better of it, then grabbed a table, pulled it out, and our truth was lying on the table. Uh, which brought a bunch of people in. <laughs> um, and I, I, everything's blurring together now. This this one, he just ran away, right? Yes. Right, okay. So here he was able to run away on SmackDown. They proceeded to have a 24-7 championship match, uh, which I was fine with. It was weird that it's a Lumberjack match and that the Lumberjacks can't be involved in it, but whatever. But I get it, sure. It's your new thing. You're making real sort of that. Uh, so Elias winds up winning the championship, and then he proceeds to crawl under the ring. Our truth crawls under there with him, while everyone else is stupidly fighting in the ring because they're fucking morons. Um, we we hear the bell ring, and Truth comes up with the championship and runs away. And then after the fact, we get that apparently they had a camera under there. Truth slammed Elias's head um, into a chair that was under there. Proceeds to pin him, and he gets the championship. So, before we, before we get into the stuff that's happened today, 
let's talk about Raw and SmackDown and the 24-7 championship as a whole, because to me, it's still kind of riding that fence on if it's if this is working or not. You know, there are a lot of really good things that have been coming out of it, but the fact that R-Truth is going to be a 27-time champion by the end of the week, kind of, <laughs> kind of to me, is starting to make it feel like you have other people who have really good charisma who haven't had the opportunity to show it. R-Truth has had the opportunity to show his charisma and show what he does. Let's give some of these again. Let's put the fucking title on Drake Maverick and see what he can do. So far, he's been doing good on Twitter and stuff like that, you know? Uh, but, Sal, go ahead and give give your feelings so far on, on the 24-7 title. So, it's getting to the point where, as funny as our truth has been with it, it probably is time to give someone else some some TV time and some shine. And you can always go back to truth. He literally can just show up with a ref at a restaurant at some point. But um, I will admit, as much as I don't want to, the stuff that our truth is, is doing is really really good when when cesaro pulled that table out and truth looked like dracula sitting in a coffin i i couldn't stop laughing that was hilarious um and then him even on smackdown on the backstage where he has carmella well he's calling shane from carmella's phone and then when shane calls her back he's like shane i can't do this i can't do it i can't it's too crazy it's too and then shane puts him in an actual match for the title which i didn't see coming and i thought that was pretty cool so the thing i would like to see with the 24 7 title like you said drake's been doing great with it here's what you do to kind of so it's not the same thing every week give it to drake but then have him get a heater like have him pay a bodyguard that like watches his back while he has the title, well, and then at the end, the bodyguard can turn on him. Well, he's got he's got two or five lives, so he's still the general manager. He can tell them guys to do whatever he wants. Uh, they, if you, I know you haven't been watching two or five live, but they've actually been pretty vocally getting sick of him worrying about the twenty four seven title and not focusing on the show. So I feel like that's going somewhere. Yeah, I mean, if he gets it, he can take it over two or five live, and then. <laughs> Maybe they can finally give a title to Mike Kanellis. Unless he's done <laughs> wrestling in next week, so. <laughs> uh, Kane Napier on the side asks, how long until they let the Piss Prince run with the 24-7 championship? I hope tomorrow is the start yeah. of it, but we'll see. <laughs> um, Ginger, what are your thoughts on it so far? Um, the overall aspect of it, I love it. I love how they had a truth on a golf course and gender came out of nowhere. I don't know how you don't see Jinder Mahal <laughs> in a wide open field like a golf course and get pinned by him. Just doesn't make sense to me. And Carmelo was looking that way. Yeah. It's like, hey, how about you give him a hint? You know, you are, you are his, uh, uh, side piece maybe whatever the hell you want to call her but um and then what was it uh god there was another one too oh it actually so after truth won it back from gender as he's holding on to the golf cart as carmela's driving away hilarious mm-hmm. uh, i i really enjoy this stuff um it Definitely brings back memories from the hardcore 24-7 rule back in the day. So I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this whole 
whole thing, whole entire thing. Yeah, I mean, um, again, like you said, don't know how you don't see a fucking naked guy running down the, the golf course. Right, because he's in his gear, too. Why, why was he in his gear? <laughs> because, the, cause, okay, so, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but today, Jinder Mahal wound up being a two-time champion by rolling up Truth on the tarmac, and he was in street clothes. Uh, and then later... <laughs> Which I which I I watched and enjoyed it. They proceeded to have Jinder hide under a blanket to go to sleep. Now there's about three or four other superstars that are under blankets, and Truth sneaks through, and I'm trying to remember the people that that he uncovers. Uh, yeah. I'm actually watching it right now. It, okay. was, it was Mojo Raleigh. He undercovers Mojo Raleigh, who is staring off into space, staring straight ahead, and then yeah. just went. He just turns his head a little. He just put the blanket back on. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he goes and gets no way, no way, Jose, um, who was like, oh, well, yo, "What's yeah. up, man?" And then, and then he proceeds to pin Jinder Mahal on a airport chair. <laughs> and then he runs away. A bunch of guys run after him. Also, there was a, a woman flight attendant on that that plane, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, he's running away, going, "I gotta go to the bathroom," and. <laughs> <laughs> winds up going to the second level of the plane and hides in the bathroom, and that's the last we've seen of it so far. Um, so, again, like I said, I mean, it is entertaining. I mean, this is the kinds of things where, you know, I mean, the it's it's a comedy title, and it's supposed to be a comedy title, and I'm great, and I'm fine with that. If, if they were doing this to the U.S. Championship, I wouldn't be fine with it, but the fact that this mm-hmm. has been a comedy title the entire time, just have fun with it. I mean... You know that who cares who the champions are? Who cares how many times you know the, this guy wins or this guy wins? Just as long as it continues to be fun, you know. I mean these exactly. these are fun things. You know, the the stuff off TV is much more fun than stuff on TV, which I think we all kind of expected was going to be, <laughs> because you can have guys who are able to do things a little bit differently, and we continue to talk about how how much they they have like certain areas that you only see you only see things happening in the ring you only see things happening in a random hallway outside of a general's manager you don't see things like this where guys are fighting each other in a fucking uh, airport or on a <laughs> golf course over that i mean back in the attitude era you had stone cold steve austin and booker t fight in a fucking supermarket and it was gold dude <laughs> when when the rock and rock and Mick Foley did their falls cut anywhere match and they were just going yeah. through the entire arena like and, and just coming up with things on their own. And know. I believe Al Snow and Hardcore Holly went into the Mississippi River yes. for a yes, twenty uh, for a hardcore title match. So like shit like that is just fucking gold. Right. It's gold. And I will I will credit them with this. Because of this age and social media, it's actually better than Mm-hmm. The gimmick is better in this day and age than it was back in the you know uh, yeah. late nineties because I'll get a notification on my phone, mm-hmm. I'll pop it open, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, he was on a plane! What yeah. the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it, it, as long as they continue to find you know new and unique ways of doing this thing, it'll be great. And if we start getting some of those like oddball champions, like one of the Godfather's hoes was a champion, right. you know, was a hardcore champion. When we start getting stuff <clears> like that. I mean, eventually Carmella's got to have that belt, right? Like, oh yeah, she's Carmella. I totally expect one of the backstage interview girls to get a reign at some point. There was, uh, I think it was Caruso 
had a, a tweet that she was giving coffee to the referees and warming up to them. So it seemed like it seemed like oh, some Jesus. people. Were Obviously, we had Bailey trying to win the championship at one point in time too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is this is just fun. So if we don't have anything else to talk about, we've got another thing that all of us have been in, enjoying that we can move on to next, and that is the Firefly Funhouse. And this week, we got two new additions to the Firefly Funhouse. There was no possible way that we were not going to talk about this this one because <laughs> we, you know, we discussed it two weeks ago how much we've been enjoying the Firefly Firefly Funhouse. So, you know, and and we've obviously said like this is this is the Bray Wyatt character exercising his past demons. You know, I mean, obviously. Um, Ramblin' Rabbit is his, like, uh, dreadlocked, I don't know what's, you know, I'm just rambling a shit out of a character. Um, Abby the Witch is his, you know, original sister Abigail character. Uh, Waylon, um, the, the buzzard is obviously his old rocking chair and things like that. So, I was a little curious, but kind of had forgotten about it. Like, I wonder if they're ever going to mention what he was before he was Bray Wyatt. <laughs> and this this week we got Huskus the pig, <laughs> <laughs> which of course, like Eddie Eddie Smart is just like, oh my fucking god, he's mentioning Husky Harrison. <laughs> Uh, was it a, a, a freight train with a Ferrari engine or something? Yes. Or a Ferrari with a freight train engine or some shit like that? Something. It was. I think it was uh, the, the first reason. But yeah, so this this was a, a workout episode, and Huskus was eating chocolate to begin with, which I thought was <laughs> yet another great way of him just being like, "Yeah, I know I was fat. Look at me now, dude." <laughs> um, okay, so hold on before you go. <laughs> How fucking jacked oh my God. is he now? He's fucking like, huge. By the way, probably what the whole point of this segment actually was. I think it, it definitely. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, they haven't really. Yeah, the in all the previous episodes of the sh- of his show, mm-hmm. they haven't really shown his full body. Where right. This they re- it, he is fucking ripped yeah, he looks I mean, in great shape and we had heard that when he was off tv that he was training like a motherfucker and see and, shows and, and to me like when i heard like oh he's in really good shape i was like well yeah you know kevin owens lost a lot of weight this mm. is far <laughs> beyond that yeah. not only not only is he obviously he, i'm pretty sure he's got to have like a fucking six-pack at this point right i mean we haven't seen him without the shirt on but the way his body looked it was like okay he is fucking tore up and I mean, you kind of see it with the upper body and the arms and stuff like that, even in the sweatshirt, sweater, that you're like, all right, he's clearly put on, you know, some muscle. But once he, he transitions over into the, the the Braze Gym tank top, I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, before we got to that, uh, we had the second person that joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they name this character or not? I don't recall. Uh, just they called him. He, called, he said boss. That's he all he said. Boss, he said. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So a for no other way to describe this than a Vince McMahon puppet with devil <laughs> horns. <laughs> with arrives, devil horns and like weird like black eyes. Yes. Arrives through the door and goes, "You're fine," and then he gets cut off. So it's like, boy, really just laid it in there. <laughs> Like, so 
Yeah. And notice, yeah. notice the part when the Vince puppet came in. It was when Bray was talking to Huskis, and Huskis was, oh, I can't stop eating. I love the food. Right? <laughs> and, and then, you know, the Vince puppet comes in, and he's like, you two better get your act together, or you're... Yeah. And it... <laughs> so, again, this, this really was, like... Not only the character, but also the person, Wyndham Rotunda, kind of exercising his demons because you have to figure once Husky Harris failed, there was probably some questions on are you going to be your own or not? Yeah, and and I don't know if it was to this degree, but there may have been a conversation with either, you know, John Laurinaitis or Triple H about Mm. his weight. Yeah. Right? So to put that on a segment on Raw. Yeah fucking incredible right yeah um so we get um you know obviously these have been kind of inter intercut with a couple of the little spooky kind of stuff from from fuck i just blanked what what is the it called fiend. the fiend the fiend yeah the fiend yes um, you, you see the fiend make appearances yes. here and there yeah but uh we got um we got then the uh strongman dance the muscle man dance. muscle man dance sorry uh, which not only not only do you get Bray dancing, but you also get the Vince McMahon puppet dancing, which I thought. Was <laughs> um, this, you know, we talked before about um, Jeremy Borash and Matt Hardy having some creative input in this, and this screamed that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing like a old school workout video. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and again, it's this great stuff where he's just like, he's like, you know, move your hips. Empty your mind. Move your body. You're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. That took a turn, but then it went right back. It goes right back to it, and that's perfect. And then, again, you know, Bray's whole thing of just like, all you gotta do is let me in. You're like, oh, okay. Like, it gives you fucking chills when he does that kind of shit, because it's such a quick turn. And then he's just like, right back to the bubbly. Like, you're just like, this character is so well-defined in just these couple of segments, you know? Now, you know, what, what happens, how this translates into feuds and things like that, I don't know, but I'm interested to see how it does. Um, because, you know, we've had the same kind of thing. I mean, you know, when we first met Bray Wyatt on the main roster, you know, it was segments like this. It was him just kind of rambling on about things and stuff like that. Now, this, I think, is far better than those original Bray Wyatt stuff that we had because it's so much more complex, I think, than that original character was where... It, it's one thing to just sit there and, and talk in like metaphors and deep veils over that. It's another thing to do something like this where even even thinly veiled, at least it's veiled, you know? Like mm-hmm. obviously we know what's going on here to an extent. We know that he is fucking lost it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but the way that they're playing it is so good where he's like, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying yeah, it's to like not... a sp- it, yeah. It's a split personality deal where there's something very dark and twisted that he does his best to try to repress and you know hey like uh, even on twitter he's like hey seth roman totally sorry for all the shit i put you through yeah (laughs) we're best friends now right (laughs) so he's been making amends on twitter which i thought was great because he continues to do this like you know where he's it's essentially on twitter the character has gone through some sort of therapy and is and is trying to you know to work through his issues and stuff like that and part of it is apologizing for some of the things so he had apologized to randy orton you know and and he now he's apologized to the shield members of that yes 
He's been doing a lot of extra work on Twitter, uh, which we kind of expected would happen. Um, but it's been just phenomenal work. And the, the reactions from the, the other workers that he talks to, I think, help it too, because they're all just like, yeah, dude, you're fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> you know? Um, My favorite was the R-Truth. Yeah. This, uh, oh my god. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Just the... Uh, um, god. So, it, it's very interesting right now. And a couple weeks ago when they unleashed the Fiend, for lack of a better term, I kind of assumed, all right, this is this is now going to be... That part's done, and we're going to transition to in-ring. And we did it, and I'm happy for that, because it doesn't follow the typical path. It's very... Week to week, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, when he is actually in an arena and he jumps somebody... I would assume he's got to be healed, but that crowd's going to fucking do Yowie Wow a chance the whole time. Yeah. Well, see, and to me, this this sort of feels a bit like when Abyss had his Joseph Parks character. Ah, uh, yes. So I, I feel like you're going to have Bray Wyatt as, like, the manager of The Fiend, kind of. Um, you know, where The Fiend is going to go out and do his, his dirty work for him. Um, which is what the demon was supposed to be for Finn Balor, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, so some of the some of the, the greatness from from Bray uh, a couple weeks ago, you said to Roman and, and Rollins, I'm, "I'm just wanted to let you know that I'm super sorry for all the atrocities I committed against you guys, <laughs> best friends." Uh, and then he best says, friends. Then he says, "P.S. I miss you too, John Moxley." Um, and then he's got. Uh, let me see here. Yowie wowie, gold belt, green belt, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else does he got? Okay, I want to apologize formally to I Am Jericho for the strife I once put him and his family through and thank him for the memories. At least you forget that it was a match between him and my old body that put NXT in the limelight. Yowie wowie, what do you say, man? Friends forever? Uh, <laughs> then he says to Jericho, if you see Reigns and Rollins, tell him I'm, waiting, I'm still waiting for the reply anxiously. It's hard for me. I'm pretty much worried sick about them. Uh, <laughs> well, he's sick, all right. <laughs> uh, then his most recent one is, I also miss Matt Hardy, and I don't care who knows it. So, <laughs> you know, <he's> like, <laughs> what? It's, it's nonsense, but it's so great. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's... We'll, we'll see what happens, but I think that... Uh, I would like to think... That they've learned from the past mistakes, um, you know, and I think part of part of the big problem with Bray was that you know they, they still have that mentality of wins and losses don't matter, but to the fans they still do, and yes. that was that was the problem with Bray was that yeah he was great but he lost all the time, and I think that like the the, the you know Vince and and the rest of the creative team just thought well he can eat losses it's fine he's too good of a character but it wound up not being fine like no you needed to actually have him be you know, a, a multi-time winner in order to be competitive and, and to, to be creative force and they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that. Um, so anything else before we move on to shit? Uh, in the chat, uh, Kane Napier says 100% in for the Yowie Wowie chance. Uh-huh. That is good. that is going to blow up when that, when he comes. Dude, it already up. goes on on Raw. Like <laughs> when something fucking crazy happens, like instead of saying "Holy shit," they go "Yowie Wowie." Yeah. <laughs> so the 
if if I have one critique about the Firefly Funhouse, and it's the only critique I have, stop showing the audience. Stop showing. Yeah. The, stop I, showing I, I, the back of audience members' heads watching the fucking. I don't need to see that. Show me the fucking. Right. Just just play the goddamn fucking episode. Don't show me the backs of people's heads. You know. Yeah, and it's all, and they always do it to the. I feel like. They're trying to spin a narrative like, oh, no, see, nobody in the, in the crowd knows what's going on. Well, dude, they're intently watching. Like, they're not going to react while the episode's going on. Right. Go go listen to the reaction they got in London when he unveiled The Fiend. Like, the fucking place exploded. Yep. Or they're going to work that in to when he comes back. Maybe. But we'll have to see. Because they've literally done it every single time. And normally when they consistently do that, they just leave the the video up. They don't show the crowd. But right. in this instance, every single time they've shown the crowd. So you think eventually he's going to be in the crowd watching his own video? Yes. <laughs> oh my fucking god. You imagine? The place would go fucking nuts. Right? They really would. Or, yeah. or if it, he is in the crowd... But before the video ends, he's gone. Yeah. That would be cool. Because then, like, you know Michael Cole will shit his pants. <laughs> Fuck out, that's can't. No, no, sorry, wrong person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's Bray Wyatt. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some shit. So Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns have been doing a feud with each other. And this week got no less than two hours of segment time. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Two fucking hours of time between Raw and SmackDown. Wow. For what? For a meaningless match. For a match that has no title involved to it, that has no implications for anything in the future. Just Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns for an event in Saudi Arabia. I disagree with your point about no implications for the future. Okay. Because Shane's going to win this match. Okay. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but this is going to be a continuation into SummerSlam of something. Okay. Now, I don't necessarily agree that they should be taking up two fucking hours, but um, this is going to... The match in Jeddah is not the end of this feud. Okay, uh, yeah. That, that being said, wow, what the fuck? Like, I, I am kind of getting sick of, <laughs> of Shane. On my TV. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, you had... I mean, last week we had the fucking Lance Anoahi match, and it was just like, again, we're we're devoting so much fucking time to this feud, and nothing is being progressed, really. You know? They had... No, we're in the same spot. I mean, you involved Drew and you involved the Revival, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, you had, you know, and, and... Again, I mean, you know, I, I say two hours of time. There was wrestling matches, but those wrestling matches involved the storyline, you know. Obviously, mm-hmm. the you know, you had a fucking hour of them going back and forth with each other on, on, the, on the mic, and then you turn around and fucking... And that's, that's the thing, you know, like I said, we're, we're going to talk about a little bit more in the main event, but these the segment lengths on this shit have just been getting ridiculous. You know, Adam touched on it in Making the Grade um, in terms of... The weirdness of the Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston interaction where, like, Dolph beat him up and then went through the crowd and then came back out on the ramp and started talking. To, and it was just like, what is going on here? See, it feels so fucking weird and disjointed that, like, the pacing on things and then just that that sustained amount of time 
of focusing on one storyline when that's not really what wrestling's supposed to be, you know? Most wrestling programs have a lot of feuds, and right now we've got, like, four feuds on each show, and that's not enough, you know, when you've got three fucking hours of TV to, to progress through. Five, when you think about it, because now they're going back and forth on both shows. Right, exactly. So, so one one thing that's really bothering me is if you took, as much as I don't like him and the fans don't like him, if, if you took a guy like Baron Corbin mm-hmm. or Drew... And they're the focal point. They're the antagonist to Roman. Okay, at least I understand that. Yeah. At, at the core, this is still a McMahon getting an obscene amount of TV time. Right. It's it's the authority storyline, only Shane is substituted for Stephanie. Right. See, and, and I will give them at least a little bit of credit on the fact that, you know, the Revival and the Usos have had a, a storyline going on. And this is the way that you utilize good time is by combining two storylines into one uh, one main event kind of thing or one match. Um, but again, it's all the other stuff that doesn't need to be there. You know, you could you didn't you could have just had that main event and not have fucking earlier in the night Shane come out and fucking waste everyone's time with his entrances. I think he is trying to top Undertaker for entrance length at this point because it's. So far, no, I mean, it's annoying and just it doesn't get the heat that it probably should get. You you and Ginger uh, do a great job on Blue Fist, and you take a look at at early early Shane McMahon, and I think that's just how he thinks he can get heat. It's just yeah. being as annoying as fuck to everybody in the arena. <laughs> but now it's legitimately fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not heel heat. It's get this fuck off my TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Miz is somebody who, anytime he's a heel, is annoying. But he's entertainingly annoying, you know? Yes. Right. And that's the difference, is that Shane coming out and doing his little, making the announcers do his, his entrance thing, it it didn't fucking work for Alberto Del Rio when he was starting, you know, would, would take over things, you know? Like, you need to figure out something better to get the, you know get some more heat on you and and just coming out there and having people do a fucking entrance for you is not enough uh especially when after that entrance then you just see sit there and fucking ramble through your promos you know his promos don't really have much point to them if you know and and to be and to be honest he's been saying the same fucking thing since before wrestlemania or or uh right after the um they did the shake up what kind of man it's another man okay dude the first fucking time you said the line it was kind of funny cuz you've been beating up Mrs. Dad but now you're still going back to that well yeah come up with some new material that's the thing too is like we kind of joke about um some of the some of the different ways that feuds have been built where you had like Chris Jericho and Kane with the fucking spilling coffee you know, that's kind of how the, how this feels too. Where it's just like you had you had one sort of catalyst for the feud, and you just continue to harp about that. Which that's not the way feuds are supposed to go. You're supposed to have a catalyst, and then you're supposed to have other things that happen that you can then fucking talk about. Like, you know, at a certain point in time, it's like, you know, you need to have it where fucking he mentions the fact that oh, you know, Roman. Superman punched me in the face, sort of like that last week. Talk about that. Don't fucking talk about the fact that he was Superman punched McMahon a month ago. You know, <laughs> like you gotta have something else. You think this is about Vince? Uh, 
yeah. So I mean, the we need we need to move on. Um, I would hope that at least something might happen tomorrow in Jeddah that we can progress the storyline a little bit because right now there's just been no fucking progression to it. And you're not going to get any. Yeah. It's going to be the same shit the whole time. Yeah. Honestly, you know, at, at this point, you know, we talked about it before about wanting the bloodline to be kind of a stable. Um, and I, if you're going to have Shane have a stable, Shane, the revival, and maybe a woman's wrestler would be a great, you know, foil for the bloodline and Naomi. But sure. But again, I mean, I'm done with that. Said. Fuck, put McIntyre and the McIntyre can be the heater, you know. Put yeah. the revival in there, and then you throw in like a Mandy Rose. <laughs> well, wrong show, but I was thinking, well uh, these yeah, days it doesn't matter. <laughs> but you can you can you can throw Lacey right into that. She fits into sure. that like She's, ass, you can say you know, Shane Shane McMahon knows a lady, and I'm a lady. Yeah, they could run yeah. with it. It's funny you mentioned the progression of storylines. Like back in the day. You know, like you said, there would be a catalyst. I'm thinking like Jake Roberts and Randy Savage, right? Like he sent the snake to the wedding and like the snake popped out of the box. And then later on, he beat up Savage, tied him up in the ropes, and the snake bit him on the arm. Right. Like that's that's progressing it forward. They're not just keep harping on what happened at SummerSlam. They're, they're making other things happen so that they have a reason when they finally do fight. And yeah, this, this is, is just we keep going back to the same fucking thing. I mean, why wouldn't Roman be like, hey, what you do with my cousin Lance wasn't cool. Like, you did that on Raw, so fucking talk about it. Like, well, and the the other thing, too, is that, you know, Shane keeps getting one over on, on Roman. And Roman isn't getting any of his, <sighs> any of his heat back, too, you know? Um, you know, you've got it where, oh, you know, they McIntyre beats piss out of him. Elias beats the piss out of him. It's like, well, eventually you need to have him beat the piss out of Roman or, or uh, Drew, or beat the piss out of Elias, because then at least you've got, you know, he's fighting back. But instead, all this has been each week is just here's another match, here's another match. Roman gets fucking beat the shit up, uh, and then later on in the night he wins a match. Like there's just no forward momentum on on the storyline at all. I'm gonna assume that you're going to uh, game six over there uh, by your reaction. <sighs> More disappointing than the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, brother. I, I didn't. My team didn't even make it to the, to the finals, so. That's <sighs> brutal. Yeah. Anyways, um, so. Ginger, it's a falsy. They'll kick out it too. That's right. <laughs> uh, so unless you guys got more on that, we can go ahead and move on to our next topic. Sure. Where sure. we where we talk about somebody loosely. Related to Shane McMahon is Triple H. <laughs> uh, Triple H and Randy had a face-to-face discussion, and this occurred on Monday Night Raw four days before their match. This is the first time these two have had any build at all for their match <laughs> at all. We've had little match, videos like a, of the, with a 15-year history. So I mean, how much I, build do they really need? But this, but you had in the lead-up to this, you had one time where the two of them were even on screen together. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I was fine with the fact that they didn't touch each other. That's fine, you know, and stuff like that. But this this promo was odd to me because you had Triple H be like, 
everything we've said, we've already said. Uh, then proceeded to go on for another seven <laughs> minutes talking about this stuff. It's just like... There's nothing left to say between us, but, you know... <laughs> and again, it was another another promo dominated by Triple H. And then when all Randy had was a joke. And that was the, <laughs> that was the end of their interaction. It's like, do you think do you think Orton knew what Triple H was going to say after he said his line because he couldn't stop laughing? <laughs> well, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was the line or if it was him throwing the mic at him that got him to got him to break. Because personally, bouncing the mic off his arm would be hard to fucking not laugh at. It was such a <laughs> perfect fucking throw. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, Seth is the kind of guy that. Uh, anytime time they do a promo, like in ring stuff with promo uh, promos with Seth, you always have to watch him because he's fucking terrible at keeping a straight face. Randy's mm-hmm. usually pretty good about not laughing about stuff. Randy's so. usually pretty good, yeah. yeah. But but when when Triple H comes back, when he's like, see, you know what the problem is, Randy? They're just so big. It's so big, and I just I can't. You know, keep them, and, and I have to put. Sometimes they don't fit in a carry on, but you wouldn't know because you don't have any. Like, yeah. that's that's Triple H, a hundred percent. That's Triple H at his best. Yeah. He's so good at shit like that. Right, and you know that's DX type of comedy. You know, right. and it's difficult because you know these two dudes are friends backstage. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know they're close, and obviously they know what to do to get each other to laugh and stuff like that. So this was this was the fun Triple H, though. Obviously, you know this was him. Like I said, I mean that that, that line alone, but then just the C and Jetta just bouncing the mic off Randy was just <laughs> perfect, perfect Triple H. And I guess he's a face again because he definitely came off as a face in, in this interaction. We know Randy's kind of a dick, so. <laughs> Randy's a dick. <laughs> um, um, I missed most of Raw, but did they play that fucking package again? Yes. With oh Orton and Triple really? H? Yeah. yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and the best thing is, is, those, is those two have had maybe 40 different feuds that led to a pay-per-view match, and yet they keep going back to when uh, Evolution turned on him after he won the title. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was technically the start of it, so I kind of understand why they... That, that was the very first feud that they had with each other. Yeah, you know what they didn't show on TV? When he, when Randy DDT'd Steph and then kissed her. <laughs> oh, I was hoping they showed that. Right. They had no problem. They had no problem showing Triple H invade Randy's quote unquote house and throw him through a window. Yeah. Oh, that no. was enough. That was okay to air in the ten o'clock hour. It's not women abuse. Right. Okay. If I remember, if I remember the segment correctly, I'm pretty sure Triple H threw uh, his wife uh, like shoved her out of the way. But maybe. Yeah, well, we didn't show that part. <laughs> um, I think, I think this match would be okay. Uh, who knows? I mean. The Batista and Triple H match at Mania wasn't awful, so it was, I mean it was better than it had any right to be. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. and who who knows? I mean, I this know one might this be the is a WrestleMania equivalent. Yeah, well, and and we know Randy can still or go. better. Yeah, yeah, we know Randy can but, still go. We know Triple H has sort of altered his style a little bit. Um, yeah, the problem is, is you know, Orton has always been that guy who relies way too much on rest holds and stuff like that and rest hold randy yeah and that can get really fucking boring and if you've got 
And the other thing too is, I mean, we we know how the crowds are over in Saudi Arabia; they're fucking silent. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to when you're watching it at home to get hype for things because normally, you know, the crowd is supposed to kind of enhance your your enjoyment of it. And when you've got a crowd who doesn't know who either of these guys are, or is just like, what happened to Triple H's hair? <laughs> it's, so, going to, it's going to be difficult, you know. You bring up a very interesting point because um, one of my favorite things about wrestling is when you get that crowd involvement, whether it's in Chicago or New York or Philly. When the crowd's there, like they were at Takeover or like they were at AEW, it gets you more into the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're silent, and and to be honest, I don't think they know how to react any other way. Like this is part of the problem when they do WWE in Japan is that's what the crowd does. They're very silent. They're observing. They're mm. it's like watching a golf match, but it's not exciting to watch on TV. Right. <laughs> and and these two specifically, like, what are they gonna do that's actually gonna be exciting in this match? I, I pretty much can tell you how the match is gonna go. It's gonna be a bunch of rest holds, and then it's gonna be face buster, and then it's gonna be spine buster, and then we're gonna get an RKO. <laughs> so if that's the finish that will be up to Triple H that morning so yeah well you know smart this is uh, this is definitely a match that I think could go either way just because it doesn't have that sort of certain Triple H feuds you're like clearly we know what's going to happen because he's petty and needs to get his wins but a guy Triple like H versus Sting. A guy like Orton, who is his really good friend, he might be willing to let him go over. So, and again, it doesn't really matter who goes over in this because there's no implications for the future at all. Triple H is going to go back to NXT and not being on TV, and Randy's going to go on to some other feud. You know. Um. So, either you have anything else to say about this before we move on? All right. No. Speaking of dicks, Bully Ray. <laughs> Uh, so it was uh, it was reported um, a a gentleman by the name of Josh Ketch was in attendance for an ROH show, um, and after the show, he proceeded to tweet out several times uh, explaining that uh, he was heckling Velvet Sky and Mandy Leon, the two people who joined Bully Ray down there. Obviously, Bully is sticking his penis into Velvet Sky, so there's that aspect of it as well. Um, but he says that uh, after he was after he was heckling them and was done heckling them, they had left. A member of security came out and took him backstage, um, where he then was left alone with Bully Ray. And now Catch says that Bully Ray intimidated him and told him he was done talking to the women and he should go and be a fan. And then obviously um, he was then brought back to his seat. Um, so he also says that both Leon, uh, that Mandy Leon and Velvet Sky both facepalmed and spat at him and got into it with him as well. Uh, and they pers- sprayed perfume into his mouth at one point. Um, now, he never admitted um, to using any kind of obscenity or foul language, um, but said that um, Velvet Sky called him a virgin uh, he reminded her that she has sex with that fat turd Billy Ray, which is a good one. <laughs> um, and that he called them the Tramp Stamp Trio. So, Bully addressed the situation um, and said that uh, um, 
He never intimidated the fan. You don't know that, first of all. You're a professional wrestler. You're a big fucking guy. Your name is Bully. Um, and said that uh, he uh, he does realize that he he handled it the opposite way that he should. Um, but he says that the conversation lasted 30 seconds and he gave Catch a friendly pat on the back. Uh, <laughs> if a big fucking wrestler who I just insulted his girlfriend comes and pats me on the back, I don't think I'm going to take that as a friendly pat on the back. I'm going to no, take I'm gonna that as intimidated. A, yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, like, um, Bully and his two bitches turned around and said that, like, oh, this guy was a piece of shit, he was being misogynist and stuff like that. So let me say this. My feelings are this. There is... I don't care what this guy said. That is irrelevant. If he said something that was out of line or derogatory, security is welcome to escort him out the building to his vehicle so he can leave. There is never a time that a fan, a paying fan in attendance due to their actions, should be taken away from cameras, away from public, away from everybody else who could witness what's going to happen, and be taken in the back and put into the same room with a professional wrestler who spends all their time lifting weights. Okay? Because even though you might, Bully might think I wasn't trying to intimidate him, that situation would intimidate anybody. Okay? Like, people going into to the back, like, to meet wrestlers in a friendly way are fucking scared. <laughs> because because it's, a, it's a different situation. When you're sitting there and, quote, being a fan by heckling the, the heels, because they are heels, uh, then suddenly a security member comes, come to the back with me, Bully Ray would like to talk to you. I'm thinking that I need to fucking fill up my last will and testament, all right? Like, <laughs> run. It doesn't matter. He could come up there and he could fucking sign my shirt. I would, st I would still have that feeling going back there of like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked, just because mm -hmm. I called his fucking girlfriend a, a twat or something like that, you know? So, like I said, proper procedure is if a fan is being a piece of shit, they get ejected. They do not get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with with a fucking wrestler. All right. So, Ginger, you are somebody who has been in the game. You are somebody who's been a wrestler. What are your thoughts on this situation? Uh, you don't do that at all. Um, that is the biggest mistake that you could ever make because who knows, that guy could have uh, harmed himself somewhere without somebody seeing him and then came out and said, oh, hey, look what they did to me. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. Uh, you know what I mean? And... You, you, this is like the worst fucking thing that Bully Ray or even shame on the security guard as well. Yeah, because that even I don't care if you're Vince McMahon and he, he tells you to go get that fan to bring him back so you can speak to him. That security guard, no, dude, don't do that. Um, I've never been in this situation. But they handled it wrong. I mean, that's it. The stupidity is at a nuclear level with this. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the, that's what it boils down to. It's just it, everything about it was fucking stupid. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is these people are heels. Like, that's the reaction you're supposed to want to get, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. You're, you're supposed to want the audience to call you a twat and to spit in your face like that. Like, that's part I mean, of being a bad guy. I mean, obviously, you don't want them to spit in your face with it like that, but... Uh, if are as you as a worker, are you going to go over to a fan and fucking facepalm them, pie face them? No, I've I've had people spit on me before, and I just laughed in their face because that means I'm doing my job, mm-hmm. or I was doing my job at the time. So it's like uh, I I would love to know what this guy was saying because maybe it would give us a more realistic. Uh, not not realistic, but a more accurate reading to what why why he was brought back. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like he he had to have been saying some pretty nasty shit, right? For but, bull, uh, out of all people, Bully Ray, yeah, to have him pulled back. Right. But like I said, it, I don't care if this guy was calling him the N word or the F word. Oh yeah, or twats or guns over that. He just gets he gets ejected. He doesn't get brought mm-hmm. in the back and talk to it over that. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I know Jason would be upset if we don't mention the fact that Bully Ray used to used to call members of the audience the f word. Okay, like <laughs> he, used uh, I mean, to, uh, he used to insult members of the audience and stuff like that. And I know he does heal and stuff like that. But this is a guy like, are you that soft now that you got upset because this guy called your girlfriend a cunt? Like your heels. I mean. I'll, you should not be that fucking. You should not be focusing that much on the crowd if, if nope. you're if you're doing that. Sal, go ahead and, and give your thoughts on this. So, let's completely take out of the equation what the industry was like 10, 20 years ago, right? Where, you know, you had Goldust getting cups of piss thrown yeah. on him. Where you had uh, people. Uh, getting racial slurs thrown at them regularly down south, uh, where in ECW you, you mentioned it, Bully Ray used to pick a fight with a woman and her daughter ringside and say, "I knew, I know where she learned how to suck dick from." Like, take all that shit from twenty years ago away. I go to local shows, right? And every and and when I go, believe it or not, uh, I'm not an asshole. Like if, if I'll boo, yeah, boo, yeah, go away. But like I don't yell obscenities, maybe because I'm a father now. But I've seen people get obliterate drunk at like chaotic, right, in Woburn. And you know what happens when they get a little bit too drunk and a little bit too mouthy? Security walks over the, to them and tells them. Listen, buddy, sit down, watch him out. This kid's in the audience. If not, you're gone. And either they stop because they don't want to be gone because they paid for a ticket and they want to see the show, or literally the next time they say something, they get thrown out. Right. And that's all that should fucking happen. The day that I go to a wrestling show and somebody gets a little bit too mouthy, and again, I don't care what they're saying. I really don't. If it's that bad, throw them out. But the day I go to a wrestling show and they're like, come here, we're going to bring you backstage and uh, we're going to have somebody talk to you. 
I'm not going to a wrestling show anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be fucking brought into the fucking bowels of, of the basement of the fucking Elks Lodge so that a, a, a six foot eight fucking 300 pound wrestler would be like, what you say to my girlfriend? Like, no, because that that's not fucking part of the show. Like, you should never fucking do that. And to, and to Ginger's point, how do you know, even if you have the nicest conversation in the world with this guy, Bully, you're telling me you're that naive that you don't think this guy's going to go on social media and be like, he tried to touch me. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and you, you know, um, it happens on a regular occurrence in the WWE where a fan gets removed from the, from the stadium, you know, and you usually hear fans either chew, cheer or boo at weird times. And you're like, well, someone's getting kicked out. They yep. don't get brought in the back and have a fucking conversation with John Cena, all right? And like, AEW just had that piece of shit going around. They didn't get talked to by Cody Rhodes. He got just got banned. You know, yeah. they're just like he's not coming back. You know, it would be imagine like, if all the awful shit you said to Stephanie, and then all of a sudden, like somebody brought you back and put you in front of Triple H. <laughs> I'd piss my fucking pants, dude. Right? I'd shit myself. <laughs> like, Listen, I'm sorry, I didn't say it was right. Troy. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's and it's the same thing where it's like it's like okay, so if if the Boston Red Sox play a game and you know uh bogarts goes 0 for 4 and one of the people in the crowd you know calls him the n-word that fan's not going to be brought back into the locker room so bogarts can be like hey man i didn't really like that like no he's just gonna get ejected from the fucking stadium <laughs> i was know? gonna say like there was a bunch of stories going around about red sox fans throwing n-words at yeah. visiting teams and yeah, yeah, that's probably the worst fucking thing you can say to somebody, yeah. and they would get thrown the fuck out or banned from the park. Right? They don't. Nobody's they don't, bringing them in the back of the clubhouse. Like, yeah, they don't. They don't get to meet the people that they were making fun of. Right? And what really pisses me off is this is bully because of Velvet. Yeah. Like this was never bully Ray. He's a totally different person now since he's been with her. And some some in some twisted part of his mind, he thinks he's justified in doing shit like this. Yeah. See, I I don't follow Bully Ray because he blocked me. Um, <laughs> probably because I I made fun of the fact that he was celebrating Jimmy Snuka, the, a murderer. Yeah, that's how oh. I got banned. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, this is the, like I said. I mean, now ROH says that they're conducting investigation. They have come out and said that they do not agree with how the situation was handled. Uh, they took a little bit of responsibility themselves, saying that uh, they pro- they try to provide a fan a fan friendly um, you know experience, and them allowing this to happen was them dropping the ball. So who knows what'll Wait happen? Prove it then, fire them. You right. know what I mean? Right. So the, this whole investigation thing, if it doesn't, if if it just goes away, it just continues to be another bad fucking rap for ROH that has already been a company that's had some questionable things happen to them in the past. Uh, if they do actually take some action against Billy Ray, either by not booking him for a while, or all three of these people too, because from the word, from the sounds of it, they were going after this guy in the crowd, which is, you cannot touch the fucking people in the crowd, alright? Unless you're giving fucking high fives, you cannot do anything, and you cannot touch the fucking audience members. That is just... Nope. Especially for a company like ROH, that is so many lawsuits. Just fucking every single person in that audience is a potential lawsuit, and you do not want to have anybody turn one of those potentials into an actual. So, yeah, I mean, they need to either just cut ties with these three, 
or at least do something in terms of like suspend them or fine them or at least do a slap on the wrist or some of that to let them let people know like we are taking this seriously you can come to our shows and you don't have to worry about security you know doing that also like i mean i get that this guy was probably fucking fearing for his life as soon as a security guy comes in, but don't don't follow the security guy be like no i'll just leave like yeah just leave well that <laughs> i was just gonna say that what if he was like, no, I'm not going. Would they have physically picked him up and brought him backstage? Because this yeah. this is a very slippery slope at yeah. this point. Yeah, can't can't say one way or the other on that. But again, like the implication is there. Like if he tur- if he turns it down, so the security guard probably a big guy too. You know, is he security? So a big guy comes over and says, "You're coming with me." Like if you're what I I assume this guy looks like us. That <laughs> he probably was just like, "Yes, of course, sir. I'm coming right with you." Like. You know, what else do you do at that point? Um, well, if there is a question on if he would have resisted, would he have had to see an Undertaker? That's a segue, folks. Uh, so <laughs> the Undertaker showed up on Raw to build towards his Goldberg match, another match with a one-week build, uh, other than promo videos. <sighs> so... As soon as 9.45, my time, rolled around, and Undertaker still hadn't shown up, I was like, well, he's going to talk for, like, maybe two minutes. (laughs) And that's what happened. Undertaker had his gigantic leave-long fucking entrance, proceeded to get on the mic, said his normal Undertaker stuff, said, Goldberg, you're next, and then was immediately cut off because they ran out of time, cutting the last sentence of his promo off. (laughs) No exit music, Ginger. No exit music. No, you know, pan out and hear the fans pop. Nope. He goes, Goldberg, you're next. Next on USA. Yeah. We have <laughs> it immediately cuts. It completely yeah. went into their uh, Queen of the South program or yeah. whatever the fuck comes on at eleven. Jesus. And I was like, wait, is it, was that a commercial? Are they are right. they going to come back? Like, yeah. Now they showed the end of the promo on SmackDown. Because when they when they replayed Taker's thing, he he says you're next to rest in peace. It was just like, oh yeah, okay, well that was the end of the. Not only did you you literally cut a mid sentence, even better. Yes, you cut a <laughs> mid sentence and you cut off his fucking catchphrase. <laughs> but again, this 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 is what you kind of expect because you don't have that time anymore. USA does not let them run over. They say you no, are I... done at this fucking time and. I mean, it. see, they used to let them run over because they didn't have programs like Queen and other stuff like that. And because they were allowed to run over, that amount of viewers would count for that next time slot in terms of And ratings. it was a lot of viewers. Yeah, and I think that since the ratings have been slipping, because that's when they started taking the time away. Mm-hmm. That's when they came in and were like, no, it's a hard cutoff at yeah. 11 now. Yeah, because now they can turn around and, and look at uh, Queen of the South and be like, okay, well, they've got this many, many, you know, viewers over that. They don't have to question, like, is that just for the first, uh, for the last, like, ten minutes of Raw, you know? Yeah, um, this isn't Pacific Blue anymore. Like, right. they don't need Raw anymore <laughs> yeah. to, to so help them get... Silk stockings. Right. So, <laughs> so Raw has their weird, we ran out of time moment. And then SmackDown's like, hold my beer. <laughs> because at the end of their show, Goldberg comes out. And now, 
if there was one thing I figured with Goldberg was he's someone who could potentially go long. And we also found out today that part of Goldberg's contract is that his promos are unscripted. Mm-hmm. So everything he said in his promo, he came up with himself. Which, of course, as a live show, you're like, we have a certain amount of time to fill. And we have a certain amount of time that this needs to go to <laughs> in order for right. this to work. Right, we're time out of show. Yeah. So when Goldberg goes out there and proceeds to cut his own promo short, <clears throat> they have... So or Goldberg comes out, you know, he does his whole back and forth of like, oh, don't make me cry, fans. I love you. I'm not going to be the family man. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. So the lights go out. Undertaker's music hits. Lights go back on. He's in the ring. And then lights go out, come back on, and he's not in the ring anymore. So just playing mind games about that. So Goldberg at this point, because I'm looking at my watch and I'm going, he's going to have to fucking talk for a couple more minutes here in order for the end of the show. And he just goes, you're next. And drops the mic and walks away. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, is something going to happen at the end of the show? He goes up to the top. He fucking poses. So you're like, well, this is the time that the show's supposed to go off the air, but we've still got four minutes of show. <laughs> so he fucks. It wasn't even close. Yeah. It wasn't even like it was 10.59. No, it, was like, it wasn't even or close. Or 9.59 or whatever the fuck. So then they had to quickly scramble and go through the entire card of Super Showdown. And even that wasn't enough. They had to then continue <laughs> to talk about the show until the actual time the show was ended. The announcers for your go-home show was your main event segment. The announcers talking about your pay-per-view. Not the image of Goldberg at the top of the ramp, like it was supposed to be, obviously. The announcers talking about your show. This they should have given uh, Roman and Shane four more minutes. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. My God. I- there, if there's anybody who's grown up in this business and knows about timing how to show, if you wanted to send Shane out there for four minutes, I'm sure you could have came up with something. He probably could have, <clears throat> but again, I mean, I'm not. I, this is on the director. This is on Kevin Dunn. This is on his crew on certain timing things, and there needs to be more communication there. Of like on Raw, there needed to be. Undertaker, fucking move. Like, get out there. Don't, you're taking way too long on your fucking, you know. Like, there's there's usually someone out there that, that gives them clues, you know, to, to tell them. Well, it's normally the cameraman that's on them. Yeah. They're like, all right, yep. let's do it. Yeah, there's, yep. yeah, there's normally a cameraman over that. At, at least with Undertaker's thing, like I said, I mean, it was probably 20 seconds that he missed it by. Goldberg missed it by fucking almost five minutes. And again, like I said, it's, it's they didn't they didn't have anything written for him because I was gonna say, but they probably didn't think that he would go under the time. Right, exactly. They figured he'd probably go over the time, which is fine because if he had more material, then he just cuts it off at your next, drops the mic, and do go off air. Right. But this here was like, and and also like. Taker coming out when he did felt a little bit, and like, like I said, I'm sure it was because of the fact that Goldberg 
saying your next is the cue for them to turn the lights off. So they were going by his verbal cues on things, on when Undertaker's supposed to come out of the ring and stuff like that. And so your first promo needed to be fucking longer. Which at first I was like, I'm like, I was like, come on, get on with it, man. Like nobody cares about you getting sentimental about. Then all of a sudden I was like, okay, well you're going too fast. You're going too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And again, this is somebody that in WCW didn't do promos like, (laughs) like ever. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't expect, even if he is a veteran, you know, in ring workers over that, I don't expect him to know how to command a certain amount of time and be able to be. You know, there there are guys that can just talk, and they can fill time and stuff like that, and it can be entertaining. You know, there's certain guys you put out there, and you're just like, "This is how much time we got, go." You know, and you know they can do it. Not only did Goldberg not cut promos in WCW, but when he did, on the rare occasion that they stuck Mean Gene out there to interview him, they do it at like nine. Yeah, they do it at like a middle segment so that. Hey, if this guy doesn't know what the fuck to do, or if he starts rambling, we can just cut, and right. we're good. There's a reason the main event spot is reserved for main event talent. Right. You know, main event talent like back in the day, like Hulk Hogan in the NWO, mm-hmm. or Shawn Michaels or Austin. They know the cues. They know what they need to do. They know how to stretch something, yeah. and they know how to hurry it up if they need to go home, which shame on Taker, because he should know better. Yeah. But... Goldberg was never that guy, so this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's a guy who's been out of the game for a long time. A guy who, even when he was in the game, didn't do these kinds of things. You know, um, you know, he was in his fair share of main events, but he was wrestling in those main events. <laughs> you know, he wasn't doing stuff like this where he had to command the attention of everybody. So, yeah, you know, but, you know, the the thing with SmackDown though is, you know, you if you Maybe you would have had a four-minute segment with your tag champions. Maybe you wouldn't have had a problem. But again, do the tag belts even exist at this point? The, oh, Probably so not. We have three sets of tag belts. Only one of them were actually on air this week, and it was the Iconics. So we still have no idea where our Raw tag team champions are. We they have, were at the barbecue last week. Yeah. This week, nowhere. <laughs> And we have a match set for tomorrow between two Raw tag teams, neither of which are Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. And then we've got, now, I know why Daniel Bryan and and Biodiesel are not booked for Jetta, because we know. But they, right. weren't, they weren't on here either. And we've got fucking stomping grapes, at, you know, in a couple of weeks here. Like, you could be building towards that. You could be using one well, of the I, top I, heels. All right. I, I will. De- I hate doing this. I will defend him on that one because, all right, you don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. That's fine. I'm not going to put TV time into you the week before then. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that one I kind of understand. The Raw Tag Team Champs make no sense. They're challengers who haven't been on TV for a month, right. who I assume are the Viking Raider Warrior experience. They have. There's no excuse for that, for them not being on TV. Well, their challengers are in a match together. And they're not saying, like, the winner of that match gets a tag title match. Right. It's literally just a match because they don't like each other. Which is like. Right, I don't think it has, it has had no tag team title implications no. this entire feud. So. No. And, like, that's that's why I was like, you could have easily, you know, had the Usos win the tag belts on Monday. And then that way this would be for the tag belts. Instead, you're 
you're leaving you're probably putting your tag champions in the battle royale and you're having these two guys these these two teams have essentially just a nothing match which um, the match will be great because it's these two guys or these four guys but you know obviously we know the iconics are not going to be on super shadow they did not make the trip um but even even their involvement didn't lead to anything on monday because they had a match you know or peyton royce had a match with nikki cross and you're like okay this is setting up nikki and alexa being their challengers and then the next slide alexa bliss becomes the number one contender for the smackdown belt so apparently that's not setting up a tag team match for the women's tag team championships like what are you doing at this point why did you well at at least the women's tag belts again treated as equally as the men's I mean, they're, means getting, they're not. I mean, they're getting treated better because at least the champions were booked this week. True. <laughs> uh, disgraceful. It, it is disgraceful, but um, this is not surprising to me. It's disappointing, but you go back even to the fucking glory days of the Attitude Era, and you'd have your tag team champion. I get it. Yeah, Vince Russo gave everybody a storyline. But guess what? The tag team champions back in 99 and 2000, they were a makeshift team who weren't a real tag team. A real tag team like LOD was getting jobbed out on the fucking house show beforehand or the dark match beforehand. And and they didn't give a shit about tag team wrestling then. Mm. They're not going to start now. (laughs) They they give you the fucking senile old Vince gives even less of a shit now. Right, the only reason why the tag belts ever really mattered in WWE was because the Hardys, ENC, and the Dudleys were main event talents who were just happy to be tag teams. Like, yeah. they were the guys who commanded the attention. Whereas, like, obviously, the New Day, when they had the tag belts, you know, were selling merchants over that, and they, they made the belts feel important because of the fact that they were over, and they were obviously big sellers and stuff like that. Once they took the belts off of them and they, they decided to have them do different shit, the tag belts went away again, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I will say that the, and I completely forget their names, but Harper and Rowan, right? The Bludgeon Brothers. Yep. I liked the gimmick. I liked the, I thought, I thought it was working. Mm-hmm. And who knows if they would have ran with it more if, if they didn't get her, but that was great. But again, that was pretty much right off of the New Day's, you know, reign. So. There was that little bit of error where you'd have like the Usos and the New Day and and teams like that, and now we seem to be just doing nothing, yeah. just nothing. Well, again, you know, it's it's this whole thing where they just keep breaking up tag teams too. Like, okay, you got us to enjoy the bar, and you broke them up. <sighs> you know, and you have you have a comedy tag team in the Fat Mechanics, and they can't get booked, and then you've got the authors of piss and who knows where the fuck they've been i mean i know they've been injured and stuff like that but they're not doing anything the the viking warriors aren't aren't booked at anywhere your, your tag champs that were a fucking joke at mania continue mm-hmm. to be a fucking joke and they're just not involved anymore and over on smackdown you've got no challengers for it the only challenge you get is the fucking b team you know and it's like well, oh. like uh, like you said you got dozer and, and tucker knight but what are they doing? They're not building them. Like yeah. you know what they could have done with with those two with the fat mechanics this week? They could have given them a. a you don't want to put Daniel Bryan TV fine. Don't give the fat mechanics a three minute squash match. Well, I mean, let Otis could... let Otis, but it's still at least they're mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. 
And then you could be like, these guys are setting their sights on the ta- on the SmackDown tag titles. Like, build it! Right. You could have easily had them take on the B-team or the Colognes, who are still somehow employed. You know, I mean, <laughs> or even the Singh brothers, you know, bring them over. I mean, there's plenty of teams that you could have the fat mechanics go against. Or the Ascension are still a thing, you know? Actually, to that point, if you put the fat mechanics against the Singh brothers and just have Otis, like, toss them around the whole time... Mm-hmm. People in the crowd will love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing a dumb fucking worm that he does. Yep. The caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> Not a worm. Anything Anything else to say on, on this, Ginger? Uh, it's the, the tag division shit. Back to where it was a few years ago. Right. <laughs> well, let's go from the tag division to the women's division. Uh, because we have a question on who of the two champions are in a better spot right now, Becky Lynch or Bailey. Um, I will give my opinion. It's Bailey because right now it doesn't seem like they know what to do with Becky. And she has very much fucking cooled off from her WrestleMania run. But I want to hear, I want to hear from you, Ginger, who has, who's in a better spot going forward. You just hit it right on the head, Bailey. Bailey has a best. Uh, Becky has lost a lot of her steam. They don't have her doing like the man type stuff that they had leading into it, mm-hmm. where she was the ass kicker and just be doing whatever she felt like doing. They're not allowing her to do that anymore, or giving her the storylines to do that. So yeah, Bailey just won the Money in the Bank and won the Women's Championship. She's on hot streak right now, and she's getting back to where she was when she first made her roster. De- uh, was it Raw roster debut, main mm-hmm. roster debut? Yeah, she's popular, and she's working right back to where that is. Right. Uh, I know. I know. Greeny says this all the time. You can be rebuilt, and the way they did it with Bailey, they fucking she's knocking it out of the park. Right. I mean, her her knocking the coffee out of Alexa's hand, that got a pop, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. just for doing something a, a little touch like that. Um, you know, she was booked to look very strong this week, and Becky was booked to join Seth Rollins in an ambulance. So, <laughs> I mean, but, but Sal, what, what's your opinion on this? So my opinion is that the person who's in a better position... Even, even if it doesn't make sense, is Becky because Becky is going pretty much to be guaranteed to get a title program at SummerSlam, where at, because her merch still moves. Even if they're not doing anything hurt with her right now, her merch still moves. And I admit she has cooled off significantly. I fear for Bailey's life because when they put her in a match and they bring over Alexa from fucking Raw. And all of a sudden, Alexa's getting the title shot. I instantly cringed and was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna give it to Alexa." <laughs> and, and that's been my fear with Bailey since she became champion. Is she just a transitional champion for the next heel challenger? I mean, that's that's possible, but I also think that um, Alexa is definitely a person who you could you can have take a loss it's not going to affect her popularity it's not going to affect her overness and it would do a lot of help and a lot of good to bit for bailey for her to go over alexa in a competitive match um, would do a lot to build her credibility you know beating somebody who's a multi-time champion you know um but you know at least right now you know 
Bailey's been looking good in this. We'll we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, obviously, we know there's not going to be either of uh, of the women's champions on Super Showdown tomorrow. We do have a, a rumor of a possible first ever women's match being on Jeddah tomorrow, but right now we know they are in Saudi Arabia. We know Alexa Bliss and Natalia are in Saudi Arabia. They are still waiting to get the okay to put that match on. Now, whether that that happens or not, we don't know. But the fact that WWE is pushing for it is a good sign. It is a good thing. Now, we know Renee Young will be on commentary again. This will be her second time going over there, which that was even a big step just to have a woman on commentary. You know, having the two of these, obviously they they had... um, the was it Sasha Banks and Alexa that did it, or was it Sasha Banks? Yes, Sasha and Alexa fought yeah, in Alexa. Um, Dubai. In Dubai, yep. yeah, which is a little bit more progressive, right? Like on the progressive but still, scale, it's it like had, a four it instead of a done. two, right? Yeah, and and they did have to be fully covered, but yes, it was it was groundbreaking. Right. I don't feel like Dubai is as oppressive as Saudi Arabia. Well, that's that's so accurate. Yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned. I, I in my best estimation for these girls safety i would rather them green screen it and just put this match on it like uh you know a house show go uh before they fly out and then just put the saudi crowd in the, in the you know in the background and make it look like they're in Jeddah. because i don't think a lot of men in that crowd are going to react well to seeing women wrestling well we know that uh, the crowd there is sort of split we know that the like first couple of rows are all like the dignitaries and and like everybody gets princes. yeah, and we know that the that the the like nosebleed seats in there are actual fans, you know, because we we saw that in these 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 events before that that's the, those are the people that are cheering are those guys in the back of that because they're actual fans of the thing, um, so you know if they do wind up having this match take place, Alexa Bliss versus Natalia, um. It will be a very, very big step forward. Um, if they don't, it at least... WWE put themselves in a win-win situation. Because if it happens, that's great. Then they get to get to show, yes, look, we are being progressive. We are getting these people to... If they don't, they still get the good press of, like, well, they've been trying. Well, they tried. Yeah, they yeah. tried. I mean, there's not much else they can do, but they've been like, hey, we want to put this match on. We, we brought over one of our biggest female stars and one of our competentist workers <laughs> to to be in a match here for you guys. Um, at least you tried. Least, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we we need a, a big name, so we got to Alexa. Alexa would be again. We need somebody that if they die, it doesn't matter much. <laughs> Oh man! Well, we Alicia need somebody. Fox been in no, 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 because we need somebody to protect Alexa in case yeah. shit goes down. We need throw Natalia in there. See, and as and you would say, but it needs to be two whiteies. I'm sorry, like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. got a point. <laughs> they were not going. They were not going to be able to push for like, hey, um. Hey, we got this black girl. <laughs> we got this black Hey, can we, can we have Nia Jax versus Naomi? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, 
I have other reasons for wanting that match to go on in Jeddah, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so let's go ahead. Um, we're going to talk about Jeddah a little bit here, but let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about a main event. We've been sort of hinting at it towards towards this whole thing. Um, we're going to do a little bit more venting before we head into our predictions. I uh, don't know how long this is going to, to go on the venting because we've done a little bit of it. Um, but the big thing that's, that's happened uh, these past couple of weeks is the complete and utter lack of actual wrestling on a wrestling program. Now, we have had times like this before where the amount of wrestling dips significantly, and eventually it, it comes back. But it's usually because the ratings take a big hit, too. And for whatever reason, Vince continues to forget that people actually tune in because they want to watch matches. Um, But yeah, so Raw had, in its three hours, had four matches. Just four. And I don't understand it. I mean, again, you know, we, we sort of talked about it, how you spent the first hour over on Raw, completely devoted to Seth and Brock, and then completely devoted to Shane and Roman, and you had a three-minute squash match, essentially, you know, two weeks ago with with Lance and Noai. That's not how you do your first hour. You don't have it be 45 minutes before your first match, and that first match be a fucking garbage fest. Like, your wrestling is in your name as a company um but sal go ahead and and give your thoughts on the complete lack of wrestling that we've been having on these shows lately it used to be a huge joke back in the 90s and and late 90s in wcw oh vince russo's putting on two hours of talking and about 15 minutes of wrestling and and that's how he ran it in 2000 in wcw it was shit it was fucking awful 20 years later there's no excuse for this because especially for the WWE where one of your hottest products is NXT and in NXT they focus on the wrestling and yeah they have storylines they do promo segments but if they have two matches in one hour on NXT they still have time for backstage. They still have time for promos. And guess what? Those two matches are knocking it out of the park. They're going at least 15 minutes, and they're usually really good. I don't get Vince's uh, concept here of less wrestling. Like, we're going to do less wrestling now. So you've already pissed off the fans beyond belief and beyond reproach. And and now you're actually taking away even more of the only reason we watch. Ricochet versus Cesaro was actually a really good match. Probably the only good match this week. And you have a wrestling show. What is wrong with you? This should be uh, your best match or your best segment every week should be your top talent in a match. That's it. Mm-hmm. Ginger? Uh, it's fucking disgraceful. They are focused way too much on the E in WWE. It's, it's, but it's not even that either. Like, it's not entertaining because we come on this show every single week and we bitch about how awful this week's episodes were, except for NXT. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know if Vince just 
is so not focused on his wrestling product and is kind of being sidetracked to his XFL project. Oh no, fuck that! I'm not giving him that him that out. There's but, no, no way but he gets that excuse. How old is Vince McMahon? I've, I don't He's know. Seventy three exactly. years old. 90. He's seventy three. Ninety. He looks fucking one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Something's got to be going on in his head. Either he is just looking to, which I don't, just destroy the wrestling name and bring it to a complete entertainment style. Which, if that happens, that company will fucking right down the gutter. You know what the problem is? Vince has somehow, in his fucked up brain. He looks at the ratings drop, and he thinks, see, people's attention spans are too short. We can't have things like matches. We need more fucking Shane. We need more backstage segments. We need more talking. We need more Brock. Like, he looks at the ratings dip, and he thinks that he's fixing the problem. When all all he has to do is just do what brought you to the fucking table. WWE became WWE because it used to have great wrestling matches and storylines. There's no way he's thinking about that because how many, like, the the past, uh, let's give or take, uh, since WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. you've had less and less wrestling and the ratings keep going down and down. But what has he supplemented it with? He supplemented it with things like Brock Watch and... To his credit, well, no, 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 no. which know. I, I get that, I get what you're saying, but how long can it go on before he's like, oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong? Because obviously he's doing it wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucked up. Yeah. I also like to like to think of things uh, kayfabe wise that like all the wrestlers show up and and they they get in the back and they look at uh, at at the the schedule of the show and they go. Why are, there, why are there only two matches booked? <laughs> because you think about it, like our you know our main event was booked on the fly on the show, so it's like okay, well that match wasn't booked, you know, in terms of the show. And then like one of the other matches was a match that Shane announced over a phone, so it's like you literally booked two matches and then proceeded to have the other two be booked on the show, like. Who you, you need to fire yourself, big man's because they're not doing good. I mean, even even Shane, Shane's smart enough to know when he comes in, like you said, to that production meeting, and he sees he's in nine segments. He's got to know for all the years in his business that's not good. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But he's got to do what? Oh no, he's going to do what he's told. He's going to do. He's going to try to get it over. But I think yeah, that's why he's look, almost look. mailing it in. It seems like. Because he's tired of it. He's like, I don't want to do this for fucking two hours out of the five hours of programming in a week. Even as a creative performer, when you're out there eight times a night, what else can you fucking do? That's what I mean. Like it's he's being way overused in so many ways. Being oversaturated, and he knows it. Yeah, he knows it. And, And and I I. Look, there's a million different things, and everybody's got their opinion of what you could do with somebody like Roman. But I can't imagine Roman's happy either. You know, like, I'm fucking, I'm in, I'm in four segments, but I'm, I'm getting beat up, and I'm jarring with the boss's son for the past three months. Like this is, 
and I keep fighting Drew McIntyre, but but Drew's not getting over. He's not in any better position than he used to be. Fuck, you know what? I don't I don't know where he was this week, right? But why why isn't Drew McIntyre getting a match? Here's here's one of your top fucking guys. You can't even give him a match against somebody like uh, Chad Gable or somebody who he can just like destroy and. and no, he's got to be Shane's lackey the whole time he's on TV. Like that's that's a perfect spot for Elias. It doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense for Drew. Yeah, I mean, even character-wise, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, and it, it's frustrating at the very least. Look, look, look. You want to you want to pump and you want to promote Jetta. That's fine. My issue is that I have been giving them an excuse for why the show hasn't been good since they came out in December and was like, oh, we know the show sucks. We're going to do better. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right after the new year, they're going to start doing better. And then I said after the Rumble. And then the build to WrestleMania in some aspects was okay. In some aspects, it was very confusing. And then I was like, oh, after the Superstar Shakeup, we're going to be hitting hitting the ground running. And I've literally been waiting ever since then. All right. Um, so unless either of you got anything more, we can go ahead and take it home and uh, talk about our pay-per-view tomorrow. No, just uh, step it the fuck up. Agreed. Please. All right, so our super showdown in Jeddah. Uh, by the way, that's in Saudi Arabia. You wouldn't know by watching WBTV. Um, <laughs> we got our pre-show kickoff match, uh, the Usos versus the Revival. Uh, Adam and Jeff have gone with the revival. Uh, Sal, who you got? I got the Usos. They they'll put the baby faces over to start the night. Uh, not technically starting the night because it's pre-show, but I get what you're well, saying. Well, <laughs> uh, the Usos are going over. Yeah, I agree. With the Usos just because fuck the revival. Uh, Triple H takes on Randall Orton. That's it. Just Triple H takes on Randy Orton. Uh, <laughs> Adam and Jeff have both gone with Triple H. Uh, I also agree with Triple H. Uh, Ginger, who you got? I got Randy. I think Trips is going to give it to him. Okay. Sal? Trips is going on his uh, farewell tour. He's got to pin every single person he's ever been in a program with before he retires. <laughs> See, I think I think he has a, I think he has more wins over Orton than Orton has over him. And I, yep, I don't probably. know for sure, but I, that's that's normally what it is whenever we get a Triple H win over somebody is just because he has he like with Batista like he hadn't he hadn't gotten that pin over Batista, so it's mm-hmm. like, clearly he's going to go over. You know, Sting he never fought Sting before, so of course he's going to go over. Randy Orton is like, yeah, he could probably lose one and be fine. Yeah, uh, but you're, it's Ginger's pick, so take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, possibility of a match Alexa Bliss versus Natalia uh, Sal who you got if this match goes on if this match goes on it's it's Alexa it's, they're not going to put Natalia over Alexa right now Ginger this uh, all of us chose Alexa Bliss um, I just realized that Jason didn't make his picks even though I asked him to so guess who's getting zero uh <laughs> Goldberg versus The Undertaker in a winner and loser go back to the retirement home. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jeff and Adam have gone with Undertaker. Adam even added a little note as a final fuck you to WCW. 
they don't exist anymore. Who would you be fucking over at that point? But sure. Probably um, Bischoff. Yeah. Ginger, who you got? Uh, I think it's going to be a draw. Neither of these guys are going to job out. Okay. All right, Sal? Uh, wishful thinking, Ginger, but n- no, Vince is putting Taker over Goldberg. And he's probably going to do it in about four seconds. Probably just come in there and get a tombstone and pin him real quick. I'm I'm going Goldberg. Um, I think that they, they might have plans for having Goldberg do maybe one more last run. Um, <sighs> which, take it as you will. Goldberg, the next WWE champion. Brock, the next Universal champion. Oh, my God. No. You say that, but, but one of them won the belt from the other one, so. I know. That's why I said it. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman takes on Bobby Lashley in a match. Uh, <laughs> so, me, Adam, and Jeff have all gone with Braun. Uh, Ginger, who you got? We love you, Bobby. Sal? I'm going with Bobby Lashley, but in a surprise twist, after Lashley throws salt in the eyes of Braun Strowman and gets the cheap pin, uh, he then attacks Strowman with a chair, and out comes Hulk Hogan for the save. And Hogan will challenge Lashley to an impromptu match and beat him in 20 seconds. The skin's not the same shade of color as mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The Intercontinental Championship is on the line as Finn Bella takes on Andrade. Uh, Me and Adam have both gone with new IC champion Andrade. Uh, Jeff is going with the demon? Question mark. Uh, Sal, I don't see a pick on here. Who you got? This one was kind of tough for me. Uh, so much so that you didn't pick one. So much so that you didn't pick one. I, I get, going right up to the wire, gun to my head, I'm going with Finn. Finn okay. retaining. Ginger? Uh, Finn, especially after that awesome drunken video that was posted. Oh my god, that was the best fucking video. <laughs> yeah. So apparently apparently Finn has a type and it's backstage announcers. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Type that puts up with him getting wasted? Hey, I mean, if you're that beautiful, you could get away with a lot. Uh, Roman Reigns. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Roman Reigns <laughs> takes on Shane McMahon. Uh, he's a hooligan. He's a soccer hooligan. You're allowed to be drunk at that point. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much she appreciated him outing her that she's blowing him, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Roman Reigns takes on the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Uh, Sal. Gotta go with Shane. Shane's gotta get this so he can brag about it and. You know, hey, he's the best in the world! Here comes the money. (laughs) Um, Adam and Jeff agree with you on Shane. Uh, Ginger, who you got? Uh, Against all odds, Roman Reigns. Dana. Dana. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that one. That that uh, that Roman's going over. Uh, hopefully, so we can put a fucking we can put end to this catastrophe. Um, the WWE Championship is online as Kofi Kingston takes off Adolf Ziggler. Um, so I did not put um, I didn't even put that Brock Lesnar as a potential to cash in on Kofi here. Maybe I should have, um, but. Um, 
Ginger, who do you who do you got in uh, Adolf versus Kofi? Uh, Kofi wins, but Lesnar cashes in. Okay. Uh, Sal? It's going to be Kofi, which is a shame, because after Kofi gets the pin and he celebrates, Dolph's going to grab the mic and say, It should have been me! <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like the rest of us have also gone with Kofi. Nobody thinks that Dolph is winning this thing. He was a last no. minute fucking call because they had to scramble for to put somebody in this match. Dolph's like, but what about me? What about Dolphy? Yeah. Um, so I guess that would kind of change. I guess it wouldn't. Uh, so me and Adam both both think that Brock is cashing in on Seth. Um, looks like the rest of you guys are all saying that. Well, at least you two are saying that uh, Brock is going to cash on Kofi on this one. Um, Jeff is, is saying that ca- that Brock doesn't cash in, or does and is unsuccessful. Uh, then we have Lars Sullivan versus the Lucha House Party because that's a feud. Uh, me, Adam, and Jeff have all gone with Lars. Sal. Lars. Ginger. Lars. Alright. Um, then we have a 50-man everyone else battle royale. No... Everyone else! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no official entrants have been named for this. Nobody has said that they're in the battle royale. Um, so just kind of a crapshoot on who we thought uh, could potentially win this. Um, Jeff has gone with Shawn Michaels. Don't know that he's booked, but sure. Um, Adam That's says, who gives a fuck about Elias? Yep. Uh, I've gone with Drew McIntyre. Uh, Ginger, who you got? Rusev. Okay. And uh, Sal? They did mention Miz was booked for the Battle Royal. I just didn't. So... So just because he's the only one I know who's definitely going to be in there, Miz! Alright, fair enough. And uh, who will be the 24-7 champion at the end of the show? Um, I, fingers crossed, chose Drake Maverick. Um, Adam then stole my pick and said, Drake, why not? Because he's unoriginal. Uh, Jeff says, our truth. Sale, who you got? Jinder Mahal becomes a three-time, three-time, three-time 24-7 champion. And Ginger? You're going to have four title changes on this night, but it's going to end with our truth getting it back. Okay. Bold prediction. Um, so, of course, you can tune in at, I think, 2 p.m. Eastern? Maybe. Allegedly, according 2 to 2 our, PM, yeah. our founder, well, it's 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. So. Eastern, yep. Yeah. Uh, so three o'clock for you boys. Um, you can tune into the WWE Network to watch this if you want, or don't. Nobody cares. They already got it. They already got the money. In, me and Ginger are both like, if it's two p.m. Eastern, why is it three p.m. for us when we're in the Eastern Time Zone? What? You, you said three p.m. for you guys. For you guys. No, he said for you two no. guys. No, it's two p.m. for us. No, we're in the Eastern Standard yeah, Time Zone. It's 1 p.m. for you. Well, when I said 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Central, when I said 2 p.m. No, my you said time, 2 p.m. You agreed. You said no, you said... <laughs> okay, so it's 2 p.m. Eastern 2 p.m. Standard Eastern, Time. So 1 p.m. my time. Uh, and that's all. We're, we're only on this half of the country, so... Uh, <laughs> but for our rest for, of the fans... For our West Coast fans, wake up and eat some breakfast with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Good morning, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> All right. Um, 
So, we have just one uh, independent date to talk about, uh, and it's still a little bit of time away. Um, but Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Star Clash 6 on Saturday, June 15th at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Tickets for this event are just $15, or four-pack is 50 bucks. Already signed for this event. Stop it. Um, Sensational Scotty defends against Royce Bishop and the Patriot. Um, well, the Bitter Club, Bitter Buddy and Sensational Scotty defend against Royce Bishop and the Patriot. Sorry. Alicia Edwards defends her newly won LPW Women's Championship against the Suplex Sweetheart Isana. Shea Cash takes on his uncle Davy Cash in a street fight, and in your main event, champion versus champion, title for title, the LPW Hard Knocks champion Randy Sean, Randy Sean takes on LPW heavyweight champion Delicious Vicious Vern Vicello, winner take all. If somebody doesn't edit this next week, I'm not saying it. Uh, also scheduled to appear, Adira, Sweatboy, Christopher James, Kellen Thomas, Tyler Nitro, Nico Selva, Robbie the Giant, Bullet Joe, Club Cam, and more. For more information, visit LuckyProWrestling.com. Stop with the hyperbole, Lucky Pro. Nobody cares. Just give us the fucking matches. <laughs> so that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, June 6, 2019. You can rate us five stars and review us, and we will read your reviews on air, such as this review. Nope, none. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown. <laughs> I edited something in there, man. Nah, it's more fun that way. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email us, show your dick pics via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Go to instagram.com slash rundownwrestling or youtube.com slash rundownwrestling. You might already be watching us there. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That's 61rundown7. We are also on Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron, where you get content before it hits for everybody else, such as Making the Grade, which is up there right now, and you also get original content, uh, such as the most recent episode of Wrestling with Dicks that I did yesterday, where I watch a porno featuring a wrestling personality or former wrestler and question my life decisions. Uh, <laughs> you can also uh, check out some of the other stuff that's been up on there, uh, Burning Sensation, which is a review of Sunday Night Heat, Blue Fist, which is a review of the original WWE SmackDown. Uh, Ginger Snaps, which is where Ginger talks about some of the best uh, heel turns in history. Uh, as well as, uh, are we getting maybe another... Yes, coming soon, another episode of TakeOver Salvation, this time reviewing the original NXT TakeOver. Alright, uh, you can go ahead and check that out, but only if you give us money. Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitro Mania podcast, Her Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Great, NXT Revisited, Twat Magic, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can also go there right now and vote on the final eight matchups in the first round of the Hottest Men's Tournament. You can listen to our friends, Brawler, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com, such the WPAN, or the WPAN.com. You can check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show, Yesterland Waltz. Go to yesterlandwaltz.com or watch it on your Roku through your RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. You can follow our hosts on Twitter, at jstort0920, at rockstartroy, at WrestleManiaSal, at the Salzer Effect, at RealistTommy, at JohnnyAdlog, at Ginger19876, at HurryUpCruiser, and at Tanalia? Tanalia. Tanalia. The Tanalia. Okay. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Sal. Thank you, Shoroi. Thanks to Ginger. 
Thanks, guys. And hopefully we will have the Big Stick Mark Green back with us next week. But if not, you'll probably have the three of us again. And in the meantime, you can head over to RunOverSang.com and pleasure yourself to pictures of beautiful men. If you're into that. So with that, <laughs> Ginger. Bye. Sal. We'll see your ass next time. Bye-bye.